yet to figure out the meaning of this, but my first conscious thought when I woke up this morning at like five o'clock was Spiro Agnew. Now, I vaguely, vaguely knew that he was a politician. Beyond that, couldn't have told you in what capacity or really what time frame exactly, and I really couldn't tell you for sure that he was even a real person and not just some weird name that I made up in a dream. But anyway, <laughs> literally I was in my bed, I woke up and I like opened my eyes in my bedroom and was like, Spiro Agnew. And I mean, it really felt like there was a reason for this. I can't imagine what it was. But anyway, uh, obviously the first thing I did was pop his name into Google and bring up the old Wikipedia page uh, to figure out who this bastard was and I mean I don't know if there's some symbolism in here somewhere but uh, anyway I just wanted to share with you what I found because I mean in terms of like randomly having the name of some man in my head when I wake up uh, this one actually turned out to be pretty interesting. So Spiro Agnew was the 39th vice president of the United States under Richard Nixon from 1969 until 1973 when he resigned and he was only the second vice president to have done so. So prior to being tapped for vice president, he was the governor of Maryland. And when he came to the Nixon White House, he brought with him not just his gubernatorial experience, but some ahem, agreements with local engineering firms in and around Baltimore County. Basically, for years he had been getting kickbacks as governor because he was using his influence to get the firm contracts and then they would basically pay him a certain percentage of those contracts that they won. And the thing was is that he actually continued to receive these even when he became vice president and these cash dealings were apparently taking place in the basement of the White House because of course they fucking were. Uh, so rumors of his corruption had been circulating for years, but it wasn't actually until Maryland got a new attorney towards the early 70s, it was like 1972, that they launched a formal investigation to substantiate the claims. So here's the thing. Clearly, Agnew was accepting bribes while he was in office, both as governor and as vice president, but they actually weren't very big. Um, mostly he was getting payouts of like five or $10,000 per contract, so not a lot of money really. Uh, of course, the amount is beside the point because ethics. At least that would sort of be our reaction today, but in the 70s, it really wasn't that clear. What didn't help Agnew's case was that he was publicly denying it, and he was also being really shifty about it during a time when the Watergate investigation that would ultimately take down Nixon was in full swing. So the scene in DC at that point was definitely one of high suspicion. In the end, even though it was clear that he was accepting bribes and was doing all kinds of shifty political stuff and definitely doing it at a really high level because he was vice president, what they actually got him on in the end was tax evasion. Because here's the thing, kids, uh, if you don't pay your taxes on your kickbacks, then the IRS is going to come find you because that's a crime. <laughs> so in the end, um, Agnew had a lot of pressure on him to resign, which he did, and he was replaced by Gerald Ford, who ultimately succeeded Nixon and became the next president. What happened to Agnew then? He moved to his summer home in Ocean City, Maryland, and proceeded to borrow $200,000 to pay off his tax and legal bills from a dear friend. 
that dear friend, it turned out, is a gentleman that you might have heard of before, Frank Sinatra. 